Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chairgate, and I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live from Austin, Texas. This is your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. Don't go listen to the other Belly Up Sports NASCAR podcast, The Hot Lap. It's terrible because it has Brandon Key on it, and that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This week, my guest is Trey Truth or Terrence, as he goes by on Twitter, I believe. And I was trying to, trying to think of a good introduction for him. And the only thing I could think of was, Trey, do you remember 8 Mile? Yeah, I do. Okay. The line where he goes, this dude is a gangster. His real name's Terrence. And Terrence's parents have a real nice marriage. This guy's a gangster? His real name's Clarence. And Clarence lives at home with both parents. And Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. But my parents are divorced. <laughs> Damn, you're more gangster than Clarence. From 8 Mile. I'll take that. Because he, his parents have a real nice marriage. And he went to a private school. Cranbrook. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. That's how much I know about 8 Mile. I, I know like every word to that battle, that last uh, rap battle. I don't think you're a real human being if you don't. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, one of the best movies of all time. Maybe one of the my favorite scenes of any movie of all time is that last rap battle when he just immediately starts going, Now everybody in the 313, put your motherfucking hands up and follow me. Now everybody from the 313, put your motherfucking hands up and follow me. Everybody from the 313, put your motherfucking hands up. Look, look. And then everybody just starts fucking going off and the whole place is just going crazy. Do yeah, you know? Do you know what song that beat is from? Uh, yeah, it's Mob Deep. Um, 
give me a second here. Why? Because you have to look it up. No, because I'm trying to think of it. I'm not looking it up. You're uh, looking it up. <laughs> no, the shook ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. I can't think of the name of the song there, dude. This guy don't want to battle. He shook. Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. He's scared to death. He's scared to look at his fucking uniform. Fuck Grand I mean, you literally already said it. It's, oh. it's shook ones part two. Yeah. So anyway, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. So I have Trey on this week. And although based on this introduction, you might think uh, two things. One, this podcast is either about uh, hip hop, uh, two white guys talking about <laughs> hip hop and just uh, recreating raps, but talking the raps or two uh, movie. And this is just a movie podcast where movie buffs. And if you answered either of those, then you're wrong because you're an idiot. We're going to be talking NASCAR, of course. Uh, so this week, not a whole lot of news other than the coronavirus, which is just a, a thing for everybody. It's, it's news everywhere. Uh, what's the death count up that, Trey? Uh, it's up to 38 in the U.S. And I think when we were looking up earlier, 11 in California, I think that's the highest in a state. Okay, thanks, Trey. Trey is specifically here for death counts. Um, yes. That's what... He does for Belly Up Sports. We uh, don't pay him, but he just texts us every day different death counts. It's, he's a death toll guy. Um, so thanks, Trey, for doing that for Belly Up Sports. We really appreciate the work that you put in for that. So the coronavirus is, uh, for whatever reason, affecting NASCAR, but it's also affecting this podcast. For instance, instead of being in my apartment and listening to me tell this podcast to you live to your face, you actually, unfortunately, have to listen to this over your phone. Um, so I know, I know that's a big change for everybody. I hope everybody can, buddy can handle that. Um, Trey, what's happening with NASCAR, with the coronavirus? Um, with Atlanta coming up, I guess Georgia, Atlanta is pretty hot with the coronavirus. There are some limitations in terms of fan interaction. Uh, I guess some pre-race and post-race um, celebrations and events, things like that. Um, but some of the rules that I was looking at don't seem like they're really much different than how any other NASCAR race is handled. I mean, there's always, you know, a certain distance kept between the drivers and the fans, but for some reason they're emphasizing it more because of the coronavirus, which I think is a total load of horseshit. Okay. So you're anti-coronavirus. I just think it's going out of proportion. <laughs> you're willing to take that public stance right now that you're anti-coronavirus? Not anti-coronavirus. I just think that... So you're pro-coronavirus. I guess, yes. I am pro-coronavirus. Hell yes. Bring okay. it on. Okay, uh, interesting. But, yeah, I just don't um, think it's really that big of a concern. I would make a corona beer joke, but uh, it's been done too much. So yeah, just know just know that's, that's where my head's at, but I'm not going to do it. I won't make a joke about corona, the beer, being like coronavirus. I won't make that joke. Instead, we'll continue this discussion. I agree. I was looking at these uh, rule changes and things that they're, they're talking about doing for Atlanta, and it just doesn't seem that different. They're like, oh, there's going to be a barrier between um, the stage. And it's like, yeah, it's always been there. Uh, they said that they're, they're uh, recommending limitations on who gets into haulers but that's up to the team's discretion. So it's like, that's, that's how it's always been. That's up yeah. to the team's discretion. NASCAR doesn't just like open up haulers and they're like everybody in. So that's just like a recommendation. And then 
and more importantly, I think NASCAR, the teams are just going to like love this because they're like, oh, we don't have to like deal with annoying ass fans coming to our haulers. Yeah, no, we're off limits for public uh, health reasons. And then lastly, they recommended, and once again, this is not a rule. This is a recommendation to teams to only um, sign the hero cards and to consider just giving out pre-signed ones or carrying their own Sharpies. Um, they pretty much always carry their own Sharpies. They like walk around with a Sharpie from what I've noticed. Uh, hero cards are kind of the main thing that they sign for, for people unless somebody brings them something else. So that's not that weird. And I was thinking about it. If they have pre-signed hero cards, they actually like more fans might get autographs that way. So I just don't know. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I've seen some people freaking out online about it worried about, you know, it's going to ruin their weekend, but at least we still have a race. I mean, a lot of people are just like canceling things. Which is outrageous. I mean, Hell, I'm going to watch the race from my, you know, my couch watching on the TV anyways. So it's not going to affect me in any way. And neither is it going to affect the other millions of people who tune into NASCAR. It's going to affect, you know, 50,000 people who are going to the race. So when you look at that in the grand scheme of it and the proportion, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, not to mention, it seems like a lot of the coronavirus is being spread in like international cities because, yeah. you know, people are traveling in there. So like, LA, New York, um, San Francisco, Miami, I don't know, all those international cities. Um, and I wouldn't consider any NASCAR fan to be the international city type person. I know Atlanta is an international city. I get it. Yeah. But you're one of the biggest airports. <laughs> right. It is the biggest, the busiest airport in the world. But the people that are going to the NASCAR race, I just don't think are are the demographic uh, necessarily of the people getting infected by the coronavirus. I, I don't know how else to put that. Not to mention the death toll is just, I don't want to sound morbid, but it's like, it's weak, dude. That's weak. You know? uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's single natural disasters that take more lives than that. You know what I'm saying? And that's in one day, even just one hour. So this is over weeks. And if we're even counting the worldwide death toll, right? So the highest death rates obviously are in China or places where they don't get, um, you know, great healthcare, good medicine, good water, stuff like that, where, you know, they might already be sick. Um, so if we take the worldwide death toll, just from lightning strikes alone, every year, more people die by the thousands than the entire coronavirus. Lightning strikes. If you're telling somebody um, the likelihood of something, usually you refer to being struck by lightning, right? That's kind of a, the metaphor that you go with. Yeah, you know, winning a lottery, struck by lightning. You're more likely to be struck by lightning. And that's just a saying. So this metaphoric saying that people use to say how unlucky something is or how unlikely it is, still kills more people than the coronavirus by thousands every year every single year <laughs> yeah so i agree um it is definitely at first i was worried about it when it was just in china because the it numbers seemed so quick right it was spreading quickly the numbers seemed high but once it got to the like 
Europe and some of these other countries. Um, and I just saw that really people aren't dying from it. And the only people dying usually tend to be uh, already very old in their seventies, um, which I don't even know what the average life um, expectancy is anymore, but I think it's in the seventies. So that's about that range anyway, or people that are like already like very sick. Um, so if you're just not in your seventies and not like deathly ill, it sounds like you're going to survive. I've also heard that even if you have the coronavirus in you, uh, some people don't even realize it because the symptoms are so weak. Have you heard this? Um, actually I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I just heard this today that people might be passing it on without even knowing because the symptoms are so weak. You might've gotten it and just not even noticed. I You're mean, joking. yeah, I just like, I've had the flu and missed work for like a week. Yeah. And the flu is like a million times worse than this. And the flu kills th- tens of thousands of people right. every year in the U S alone. Right. But, and, and so I've like, I don't know how to put this in perspective. You, you said the flu kills how many people in the U S alone every year? Uh, I, I believe the estimate is somewhere around 40 to 50,000 people, but I'd have to look that up. I may be even high. Okay. I don't want to, you know, look it up. cause what I'm thinking then is I beat something in like a week that kills tens of thousands of people. I think that just shows how badass I am. <laughs> okay, so here's the numbers from the CDC. Uh, between 140,000 and 810,000 hospitalizations and between 12,000 and 61,000 deaths annually since 2010. That's got to that's gotta be like old people and infants, you know? Like yeah, there's... or people who are, you know, susceptible because they already have like diabetes or yeah. a pre-existing condition. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay or I'm just that quick. badass. Have you ever had the flu? <laughs> Yes, and I was just like you. I mean, I was down for a week, but I'm still here unless this is some sick, twisted reality. Yeah, if it is, you're in heaven because you get to talk to me. No, that sounds like hell. <laughs> mm, that is something somebody in heaven would say to convince you that you're not in hell. Mm. That's a good but point. So I anyway. Up, real quick. The average life expectancy in the U.S., you're going to love this, is 78.69 years. Nice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So that's about the age. Of like yeah. what it says, the, the mortality rate when you get the coronavirus. So anyway, the coronavirus, one, is just overhyped. Calm down about it. Yeah. And two, it doesn't seem like it's really affecting NASCAR much at all. So thank you, NASCAR, for not overreacting like everybody else is. Here in Austin, they canceled all of just South by Southwest. It's just canceled. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash teamready. 
Yeah. How do you and, do that? And that's a huge festival for people that may not know. It's like one of the biggest film festivals in the world. Uh, it's a huge music festival. It's, I mean, it's huge. It, 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 like the city of Austin pretty much shuts down because everybody comes in for it. Um, so it's a huge deal every single year and they just shut it down. Uh, for, I've heard a few different things. I've heard like the mayor officially shut it down, but the mayor also said he didn't want to shut it down uh, and that he was kind of forced to shut it down because all the vendors backed out, which makes sense. Like if the vendors back out, you can't afford to put it on anymore. No. So yeah, things are shutting down all over because of this. I think I heard Coachella is postponing the festival. I mean, I don't really know. I'm not really a Coachella type guy, if you can't tell. But I mean, I know Trey. Trey, you're a big like EDM guy, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. You like? <laughs> I mean, I, I like it, but no, I'm not a huge EDM guy. I'm more into like country and rock. No, I think you're the type of guy it. that. I think you're the type of guy that paints your chest, wears a he- Indian headdress, takes MDMA, and goes to a uh, electronic like music festival. Yeah, I don't wear any clothes when I do that. That's I mean, dope. It, just buck ass naked, uh, maybe some like moccasins with my headdress. You know, I like to keep it festive uh, because, you know, there anything goes. Uh, the MDMA is there. Um, pretty much anything I'll put in my body at that point. Oh, yeah. When you're naked, you'll put anything in your body, huh? I don't remember those festivals. So yeah. No, no, dude. Right. It's just part of the rave life. You don't understand. I don't. I truly <laughs> don't understand, but I know you do. So I understand how I bullshit all that. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's the truth. So anyway, the coronavirus overhyped. Nobody cares. We're not scared of you, Corona. Come at us. America is number one. We beat you. Moving on. And we're trying to just like find news at this point because anybody that listens to my podcast already, if, if you're new here, I don't really recap races because if you're listening to a NASCAR podcast and you need me to recap a fucking race for you, then why are you listening to a NASCAR podcast? You should have probably watched the goddamn race. Yeah. Am I right? I feel like every NASCAR podcast does that. And that's fine. That's their thing. Um, you know, stupid, terrible podcasts like Brandon's, uh, the hot lap that I, they, you know, I just don't understand like recapping, you know, if, if you watch the race, I don't really tune into a podcast for them to just recap the race and be like, oh, yeah. So uh, we saw that win again. I don't know. I saw it. I don't care. So at this podcast, I just like to talk about like things going on in the NASCAR community, news, uh, my takes on shit, because let's be honest, nobody else has takes quite like me. Wouldn't you agree, Trey? Yeah, I would definitely say no one's takes are as shitty as yours. Exactly. So anyway, the next topic would be Brad Kozlowski. It's been rumored for a long time that Brad's not happy at Penske, and that is seeming more and more apparent uh, every single week. You know, he's kind of falling back as a third guy, and I've always heard rumors that he'd be considering somewhere else, but I was like, I don't know. Why would he do that? He has, you know, very good equipment at Penske, and I just don't see him going to a team with better equipment Unless he wants to, I don't know. I, I don't know. What's your take on this? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of hard because, like you said, he's in a really good place right now. But with a pre-existing relationship with Hendrick Motorsports, well, I mean, he's stolen from Hendrick. That's everyone knows that. That's just how it went. But it, to see Brad get back there would be awesome for me because I love seeing him come out through JR Motorsports, and you know, he's kind of the the junior of that era. But in the Xfinity Series or 
nationwide series. But I think that him going back to Hendricks a real possibility. And like you said, he's not happy at Penske. So maybe they're turning out to be more than just rumors. Yeah, possibly. And didn't he recently say that he's, he's uh, open to other offers? Yeah, he's open to hearing anyone out who wants to try to sign him at the end of the season because him along with however many other drivers are going to be free agents. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people moving and he's going to be a hot topic. See, and in my opinion, I think the only reason he's saying that, I think the only real possibility for him or the only good outcome, I guess, looking at you know open, open uh, cars coming up would be the 48. I mean, right? What do you think? Yeah, that would be the only one because, like I said, Hendricks, where the relationship was, and that's going to be right. the open car. And I don't see Bowman or Byron getting moved to that car for any reason. I mean, they're already set. But right, that would be the only logical place because where else is he going to go? He's not going to go to another Ford team. I don't see him going to Joe Gibbs because who's he going to replace? Eric exactly. Jones? I mean, Eric Jones is there whether we like it or not, but. Yeah, I don't see him going anywhere but Hendrick or Penske. So when he says open to hearing, he's basically putting that out there on the table, if you ask me. Yeah, I think he's just saying, hey, there's been rumors about me taking uh, Jimmy's car when he retires, and I'm open to it. I think that's all he's saying. Yeah. Because like you said, he he has that relationship. Um, And when I first heard the rumors that – you know, Jimmy Johnson, uh, the the best replacement is Brad Keselowski. I was kind of thinking, yeah, I agree. I think that is the best replacement, but I'm not sure if it's plausible because, um, I, I don't know. I just thought he had such a good ride at Penske. Even if he's not happy, he would just deal with it. Like he's been the number two for so long and he's been crushing it as the number two driver. You know, he has the sponsorships, but if he does want to leave – I think it'd be great. It'd be a slam dunk for Hendrick because that's a championship, you know, yeah. driver. Uh, somebody that can still get you wins throughout the season. He can probably get you a couple wins throughout the season. And it's a big name driver. He's a veteran. And that's something that Hendrick desperately needs because losing Jimmy Johnson, they have no veterans anymore. That's a young team. Yeah. And they, another thing to consider real quick though is that he may also be getting kind of pushed out of Team Penske with Cindric coming up through the Xfinity Series. See, and do you really think so? Do you really think that that Penske likes him that much that they're willing to push out a championship driver? He still has plenty of years on him. I think it's going to be more one of those kind of mutual parting of ways. You know, they want to get Cindric up there because he's young. Joey's still relatively young, but he's kind of a veteran. Blaney's got some experience, so it would make kind of, it makes sense for that to be a team because there'll all be more young guys. Brad's thirty six, I think, but for him to move to Hendrick, like you said, he would be the veteran driver. He already has a relationship. He probably already, he won't admit it, but he probably wants to go back there because that's where his heart is. So I just think that it's going to be one of those deals where they both, you know on a good terms part ways and say, you know, this is more business than anything. And it makes sense for both of us. Well, I agree that I think at this point, it seems like Brad wants to go there and it'd be a slam dunk. Like I said, for Hendrick, oh, yeah. um, their team is, I don't know, maybe would that be the youngest multi-car team? Yeah, I think it would actually Alex Bowman. Isn't Alex Bowman older than Chase Elliott? I think Alex Bowman's like 28 even. I mean, I think he's decent decently old i don't want to say old because he's still in his, in his 20s 
So, like, them and RCR essentially would be, like, two of the youngest teams. Either way, very young teams. Okay, so very, very young team. I think Chase is, like, 26, isn't he? Yeah, we're 26, 25, right there in that same Yeah, age. yeah, yeah. And then William Byron's like seven. So, <laughs> youngest team, definitely. Um, very talented team, but still young. You need a veteran. You need a championship driver. You need somebody to, you know, help push that team along. Uh, so, it would be a slam dunk for Hendrick. That's the best case scenario. I'm sure they wish they had him right now instead of Jimmy Johnson, to be completely honest. But um, I, I just don't – I don't see the hype um, for – specifically for Penske with Austin Sindrick. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm looking at his results here, and I, I remember him in Xfinity. He's, he's consistent and competitive. Um, last year in Xfinity, he had two wins, five uh, – or 14 top fives and 24 top tens which is really good. But like you said earlier, his only two wins were road course wins. So he still has never won at least Xfinity race on an oval that I know of. I mean, I just, is he worth it to push out a championship driver? I mean, it's kind of hard to, when you put it that way, it's hard to really make that decision. But I just think because Penske, in the Xfinity Series, you really don't see too many guys that are younger staying there for more than about two or three years, and I think that's about how long Cendric's been in there. So, you know, it's getting time for him to move up, and I think Penske does like him because he has won on road courses, but he's shown performance at the Ovals. Even if he hasn't won, you know, he's gotten top fives, gotten top tens at super speedways, short tracks, you know, you name it. I think he's shown enough talent that they'd be willing, like I said, if Brad does want to go, they'd say, hey, that's fine. You know, we would like to get this kid in there or even put, you know, Blaney in the two and then put Cindric there, however it needed to work out. But, yeah, I just, I just really think it's going to end up being a mutual thing no matter Cause what. Because I, I think I would even argue, even for the last two years, I, w- I might argue this, but definitely for this year, I think Penske is the most talented team in NASCAR. Because well led. You what? They're very well led. Well, okay. Well, think about it. Based on finishes, at least this season, Kozlowski is their worst driver. When Brad Kozlowski is your worst driver on a multi-car team, that's a pretty fucking good team. Yeah, and the thing you got to remember, though, is Blaney's also the only one without a championship. Granted, he's the youngest, you know, the newest to the series, but right. this, and he's already shown this year that if, if he can finish races and win them like he wants to and doesn't get the strings of bad luck, Brian Blaney can win a fucking championship. He's going to be competing for championships, and I don't think anybody has a doubt in their mind about that. I, I think everybody is kind of convinced, you know, if not this year, you know, he's on the right path to be competing for championships. Him and, like, Chase Elliott. And yeah. I guess now Alex Bowman, too. Honestly, Bowman's looked just as good. So, like, for the youth – those three guys are the guys that everybody's looking to compete for championships. And I think everybody can agree on that. So there's no doubt Blaney's got a bright future ahead of him, but like Brad Kozlowski is such a good driver and he's competing the worst on that team. I just, I don't know. I think if they lose him, they might be taking a huge risk, but I also understand that he is a little bit older 
and it's got to happen eventually. So if they think that this is their right up and comer, then that's the move they're going to make. And I think Hendrick should absolutely try to work out a deal here to get uh, Brad Kozlowski because he's got, you know, I, I would say a couple wins a season still in him. I would say he can get two, you can get your team two wins a season. I think. Um, but if Brad does decide to leave and they don't replace him with Cindric, who do they put in the two? I mean, it's a Ford car. Who do you think goes there? I think they'd have to bring up Austin. I think that's their only option. And I yeah. think Brad wants to go. Yeah, I think, I think that's the only option. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the field that you're, you're looking to take right now. Um, and, and, yeah, you have Joey Logano, a championship competitor, every single season. And he will be probably until he retires. Yeah. Um, yeah, if Ryan Blaney, one of the hottest up-and-comers right now. So there's no reason to, like, go try to poach somebody else that's already out there in the Cup Series. Uh, that I mean, yeah, the only option really is to pull up from Xfinity at that point. It's just – to me, it just seems like a loss. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about Austin, and he is incredible. I don't know. Team Penske uh, does pretty well, though, so maybe I'm wrong here. But I hope so. <laughs> that's rare. That's very rare. I will say that. And uh, how would you feel about Brad Keselowski in the 48? Brad Keselowski in the 48? I mean, for me, like I said, I used to hate Jimmy Johnson because I was a Gordon fan. Yeah, but who didn't? It's, it's really hard to imagine anyone else in that car because yeah. it's, it's like the 24. Before that, no one had really dominated in that number. So you can't really picture anyone else ever sitting in that. Or at least I can't. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Well, Hendrick has some of the most iconic numbers, mm-hmm. right? They have the 24, they have the 88, and they have the 48. Very iconic numbers, especially in recent memory. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, really, I think of all those numbers, they would be doing the 48 the most justice if Brad Keselowski came into that car. Because they wouldn't be putting some young gun unproven guy that doesn't get a win for like three seasons no they're putting a veteran championship driver right into that car and that's clearly not their style so that'd be cool to see i don't hate it really i really don't uh i have no problem with brad kozlowski i never have i know a lot of people don't like him i personally never had a problem with him um and yes we all hated jimmy johnson at one point but i'm over it just seeing how far he's fallen i kind of feel sorry for the guy at this point and we're um, adults now yeah and well kind of 
but it's more <laughs> so just seeing how far he's fallen. Like if he's still winning championships, I'd probably still hate him, but he's fallen so far and so hard. And this kind of moves on to the next topic that uh, I think you wanted to talk about is drivers that are a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Go. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> we, we kind of talked about this before we got on here, but I think Austin Dillon is a disappointment. I know he started off there with two crown jewel wins with the Coca-Cola 600 and the Daytona 500. But since then, it's just pretty much been a steady decline. He really hasn't competed for too many wins. Uh, top fives and top tens have been kind of scattered. I just haven't seen much out of Austin Dillon in the last two or three years, uh, as much as I did earlier on in his career. But when you see Tyler Reddick come out of Phoenix last week, you know, a track that isn't like a super speedway where it's open to anyone, you know, you kind of have to have a little more of a strategy and game plan about things. And to see Tyler Reddick shoot all the way up to second and really be pushing the pack there for a while before he wrecked out, it just makes you wonder what's going on with Austin Dillon. Like this guy was a truck champion and Xfinity champion, I believe. Yeah. And now where the hell is he? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So are you willing to officially classify him as a bust? I don't want to say a bust because like I said, he has two wins and they're crown jewel wins. So I don't want to say he's a bust, but I would say he's a disappointment for sure because that's how you worded the well, question. It's I feel it's appropriate. Okay. Would you consider Trevor Bain a bust? Trevor Bain is 100% a bust. That's like yeah. the poster he, child for yeah, a Yeah, I was going to say, he's one of the biggest busts of all time. Win so, the Daytona um, 500 and then don't do shit afterwards. Yeah, like don't honestly, if, if, Austin, <laughs> if Austin didn't win um, in Charlotte, he would potentially be on that list. But my thing is, he, he, he has two wins. And yeah. of course, one is the Daytona 500, and that one's a little tough. It's great to be a Daytona 500 champion. I mean, that's something you can, you know, be proud of for the rest of your life. That's something that your grandchildren and great-grandchildren can be proud of. But Trevor Bain is a Daytona 500 champion. So, anyway, uh, he has another win, though, which is really confusing. And if you look at his stats throughout his seasons, right? So, let's look at, um, let's see, in, like, 2016, he really kind of started – putting stuff together uh he had 13 top tens uh, four top fives right and then he and then next year he had a win and then the next year after that in 2008 he had a win again um so you know he's not a championship contender but he's a playoff contender and he's he's competitive he's consistent i've been a fan that's when i became a fan of his because i thought maybe he would start doing something um and then the last year in 2019 zero wins zero top fives and only six top tens um that's his worst season to date in nascar that's not the the route you want to be going you don't need to be getting progressively worse so that is very concerning at least he already has one top five in 2020 this season um so that's good but it is yeah it's tough it's it's tough as a fan to deal with this because it's getting to the point where this season if he doesn't do anything you i have to kind of wonder like what what's gonna happen to him well how about for reference eric jones is 23 and although it's not the daytona 500 he won the coke zero sugar 400 daytona and the bojangles southern 500 last year so 
I mean, you're talking Alex, I mean, excuse me, but Austin Dillon was 27 uh, when he won the Coca-Cola 600, 28 when he won the Daytona 500. I mean, com- use that for comparison. Uh, th- this is a younger driver who I already think is also probably a disappointment. But You think Eric Jones is a disappointment? To me, because, I mean, look who he's surrounded by. But also, it's kind of one of those things, like, when you see a girl in a bar, you know, she's surrounded by ugly friends. She looks hotter than she is. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't he's think he's around a bunch of tens, so he looks like a six. But Eric Jones has talent. I mean, that's that's been displayed several times. I don't think he's a disappointment. But would you admit that Eric Jones has better equipment than Austin Dillon? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I would say RCR's equipment isn't trash, but it's it's mediocre. Of of the top, like at least of the multi team, multi car, full time teams. They might have the worst equipment. Yeah, they're like with like uh, with a front row motor, like front row. No, they're better they're than front them. row. Come on. I don't know. They run pretty much about the same. Not maybe not now with Tyler Reddick, but last year I would say they're about on par with front row. No, they're just a step down from Roush. I would say. <sighs> yeah, Roush is kind of sad too. Yeah, Roush equipment's so. not good. I'm not. I'm, that's not like a compliment. I'm I just know, saying. That just that me, man. I used to love Roush. Right, everybody did, and everybody still have RCR. So those two are like the historic teams that if you like them, it's because you used to like them, and you're just sticking around, and that's me. You like Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin. (laughs) Exactly, and that's me just sticking around, wanting to see it back. Um, So that's kind of always been my thing was with Austin. I always give him the benefit of the doubt because of his equipment, and I've always been like, no, no, no. Once they figure out this equipment, he's going to start winning again, and he'll finally have a multi-win season where he gets at least two wins in a season because I think the talent's there because I've seen it. Uh, For reference, Ryan Newman, when uh, he was in the 31 at RCR and he was running with Austin Dillon, every single season that they were running together full-time, excuse me, um, Austin Dillon – consistently had better finishes and finished higher in points than Ryan Newman, who's a veteran driver. And then Ryan Newman goes over to Roush and then suddenly starts having better finishes and finishes higher in points. And that just like further proved it to me that it's not necessarily Austin's fault. He's getting wins and terrible equipment. It's, you know, the fault of RCR and the equipment. And everybody always said, oh, he only has his ride because of his pop-pop, because of his grandpa. But I was thinking the other way around. I was thinking, no, Austin actually is a pretty decent driver, and he's only sticking around in that shit equipment because of the family. Oh, yeah. So that's always been my mindset. It was the opposite of everybody else's, saying, no, he's only there. Nobody else wants that shitty equipment. He's only there because of the family ties. Um, But now, like you said, with Tyler Reddick, and how competitive he's looking, um, I won't admit I'm wrong, but uh, it's starting to look like I might not possibly be 100% accurate. I'll say that much. And this is something that I was concerned with a little bit for the past couple seasons because I knew Tyler Reddick was going to come out of the gate and be an incredible driver. I think it was last year. Was it last year at Daytona? When uh Tyler Reddick ran the 31 do you remember this um, he did run the 31 Daytona but I'm not sure what you're I'm what you're going to say because he ended up you know getting a DNF because he was involved in one of the wrecks but keep going 
Didn't he get like a top 10 finish last year in the Cup Series in the 31? <clears throat> he did, but I'm, let me look it up real quick because I'm not going to try to be you know wrong here because that tends to be the uh, theme. But I want to say it was Atlanta. Yeah, you might be right. I don't have the race right, but I, I remember that. And I remember thinking, oh, shit, that's not good. Uh, he's proving my whole theory wrong because he can come in and race like two Cup Series races and get a top 10 in one of them. So he's an incredible driver. I've always thought that, that he's a very good driver. And I was always hopeful for him to come in and turn RCR around, especially when they, you know, announced they brought the eight back. I mean, that's just so exciting. But I thought the, by the time he turns things around, that means that RCR's equipment is also better. And that means that Austin will also be winning. And like the whole RCR team is just going to move forward together and start getting wins, you know, as a team, they could get four wins, you know, something exciting like that. Um, so it's early in the season. I'm not ready to admit anything yet, but it's, it's already looking a little fishy. If I see Tyler Reddick running well, I also want to see Austin running well. And Austin has a top five finish this season. So we'll see, but this is the deciding factor is this season, honestly. Yeah, it's really going to come to how he compares to Reddick because Reddick is, you know, young, up and coming. Uh, like you said, Newman's was a little older, so Dylan kind of had the youth advantage. But also, want to real quick slide in there that it was Kansas, not Atlanta, that Reddick finished ninth at last year. Oh, I think I was at that race. How did I forget that? You were at Kansas? Yeah, I go to Kansas every year. Oh, shit. That's cool. Yeah, it's like a 10 hour drive, nine, 10 hour drive. God. That's the second closest track to me. I mean, I guess, yeah, down there in Texas, there's really nothing else in terms of NASCAR. Well, you just got to think how big our fucking state is. Yeah, that alone. Yeah, half the drive to Kansas is Texas. And I live in the middle of the state because I know you don't know geography, so I'll just let you know that. Austin, Texas is in the middle of the state of Texas. It's literally, the the region is literally called Central Texas. I know where you live. Like, I'm well aware of where you live, in the shithole, in the middle of nowhere shithole part of the country, and I still know where it is. The armpit of Ohio is what I refer to it as. Okay, well. Although we're located in the south, it's probably more like the crotch, but I don't really want to say that because it's where I live. Okay. <laughs> well, I, uh, I live in a beautiful place that's, you know, flourishing, and good economy, nice people, uh, really pretty, good jobs, great food, a lot of live music, a lot of young people. So I just wanted to rub that in. Thank you. Okay. I love so it. Any, so anyway, um, anyway, that was a long tangent about Austin Dillon. <laughs> but uh, that's a personal subject to me. Uh, last bust I think that we're going to talk about, possible bust, uh, you want to talk about Kyle Larson, is that correct? Not as a bust. I just want to talk about Kyle Larson. That's as true. Not a bust. Overrated. Like, right, yeah, yeah. Clearly not a bust. Sorry, I shouldn't have used that word. Obviously not a bust. He won four races in one season. Yeah, you're not a bust at that season. point. <laughs> yeah, you're officially off the, the candidate list when you win four races in one season. When you win two races in one season, I'm taking you off the candidate list. And I just, I just don't know if he's championship caliber material like everyone thinks he is. I mean, I think he's a good driver. I think he'll definitely, you know, make playoff runs, get to the championship four. I just don't know if he's a guy I can see 
winning a championship. But also with a new car coming next year, who the hell knows who the competitors are going to be because it could change the landscape entirely for all we know. So I'm just going to keep hoping that Austin's going to win a championship next year with the new car. So I'm going to go ahead and buy another Austin Dillon shirt. But, you know, I'm kind of with you on the Kyle Larson thing, though. And I remember in 2017 when he just blew up and everybody was in love with him. Um, You know, he's the young guy that had four wins in one season. He was like the future, and he got so many fans. And at the time, I was convinced, too. I was like, oh, this guy's legit. He is the future of NASCAR. Uh, And, you know, with his background in sprint car racing and on dirt tracks, he's a very talented driver. But – I agree. He, he, I mean, he had a win. He had one win last year, which was cool to see. He had no wins in 2018, uh, is, and which is weird coming off of a four-win season. But I will give this to the guy. Let, let's look here. Uh, in 2017, when he got the four wins, he had 15 top fives, 20 top tens. And then in 2008, he had 19 top tens and 12 top fives uh, last year he had the win he had 17 top tens and eight top fives and this year already he has one top five and three top tens yeah so i mean he's a solid driver he's like i said he's gonna finish in the top 10 in points be a playoff contender but is there really anything you see when you look at the stat sheet over the eight years he's been in the cup series you know part-time full-time whatever only averaging about a little less than one win around 10 top tens and that's about it for a year. Uh, I don't have top fives in front of me, but is that a championship caliber driver? A win, a one win on average in about 10 top tens, which obviously that's increasing, probably closer to about 20, like you said, 15, 20 top tens, but still only about one win a year on average. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I mean. Championship caliber, dude. No, I agree. I think he's just a playoff competitor at this point. I think he had one really hot season. And he's always going to be very competitive, very talented driver. But I agree. I don't know if I ever see him competing for a championship at this point. It's just not looking good. I think he'll always be in the playoffs because, you know, you look at his finishes, he's going to point his way in every single time, even without a win. Uh, the guy's very competitive. But competing for a championship, I think you might be right. I, you know, at his age, what is he, like 27? Uh, let me scroll up here. I got it right here. Um, 27. Yeah. Nice. Boom. You like that? Um, <laughs> at, yeah, at his age, he's already kind of, kind of be passed over by, you know, Ryan Newman and Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. And then we have Tyler Reddick that just came in, you know, he's already kind of, there's these, these younger guys that are about his age, just a little bit younger, a little bit fresher and seem to be doing better already. Um, so once this old class starts to leave, this next young class is going to kind of take their place for the championship contenders. And I just don't see where Kyle Larson fits into that scheme very well. I see him as a playoff driver every single season consistently, but championship, I, I think you might be right. Here's another question. And I, I, I'm not really sure because I don't know exactly how all the equipment stuff works, but Chip Ganassi obviously has better equipment than RCR in terms of Chevy, but then would you say even Chip Ganassi has championship caliber equipment? Because it's hard to tell with that Jimmy McMurray in there for a while. Now they got Kurt Busch, you know, older guys. And then Larson's been to 42. And we, we, I mean, everything we just said, but 
is Ganassi equipment good enough for a championship? That would be my question. At this point, no. No, it's not. It's good enough to get into the playoffs, though. It is good oh, enough yeah. to get you – I think it can get you wins. Like, Kyle Larson not getting a win in 2018, their equipment was good enough to get him in a, a win in 2018. Like, I, I wouldn't give him the excuse of, of just having a winless season where I would with, like, Roush or RCR. Um, but, like, multiple wins, like, you're going to have to fight for that one win you get. But Kyle Larson's a good driver. Uh, Kurt Busch gets wins. You know, what, what is he? Like, get, like, one win a season? That seems like Kurt Busch's thing. Yeah, he's just a veteran who still knows yep. how to drive and everything. You know, one of those guys who just sticks around is competitive. You forget he's a Cup Series champion. Yeah, but it was only back in 2005. And pretty much I know, entire, like, but that's why you forget. Cheers. Right, that's why you forget. But, no, the dude's a veteran big grace, time. Too. You what? Like, his, his fall from grace there, where, you know, he kind of became, like, the bastard shot of NASCAR and had to work his way back in. Like, that was another deal where – he didn't have the equipment to get wins and stuff and keep up the momentum he had at Roush. Right. Yeah. So two very talented drivers that can get wins, Kyle Larson and Kurt Busch, uh, can consistently, I would think they're, they're talented enough to get you at least a win a season. That's what I think. Um, And if they get two, then that's a good season. If they get three, that's really good. But I, you know, I would look at both those drivers and say, I would put money on them getting one win a season. That's where, if I was putting money down, that's what I would put it on. One win a season for both drivers. Uh, so I think the, their team is good enough to get them one win a season. But probably not win a championship. I just can't see it. No. I mean, it, it, it just – remember when he won the Chili Bowl and he said that essentially it, he – he was happier to finally win the, a Chili Bowl than to ever win a Daytona 500, something like that. Yeah, and I, I had mixed feelings about that. I mean, I understand where he's coming from, but I, that, to me, that just doesn't sound – and, again, it's just kind of sounding bad, but I just don't think it sounds like someone who's going to win a championship. When you say, oh, the Chili Bowl is bigger than the Daytona 500, well, then you're about winning championships, you know, in, on dirt and midgets and stuff as compared to a stock car on asphalt in the biggest you know, series in the world. Well, and that's my point. That's what I was going back to. Is like, clearly his priorities are with dirt. You know, he likes sprint car racing. He likes dirt. And that's totally fine. That's his thing. That's where his heart's at. That's his passion. And I think that's great. You know, it seems like he's one of the best at it. Uh, and maybe he, when he finishes his NASCAR career, he can just buy his own team and just do that for a living for the rest of his life. And that's great. But yeah, I don't, I don't see that type of behavior as the, a type of guy that's going to win a NASCAR championship. Let's look at it the same way we just did the Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick thing. Christopher Bell is very comparable to Kyle Larson. And with him just now getting into the Cup Series, if he starts succeeding in competing for championships before Kyle does, what does that say? Well, because Bell beat him on dirt before several times. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But I would say that <laughs> I would say that says a lot because I've had Bob Levine on here. So like nothing against Levine Family Racing, but I mean the equipment for Levine Family Racing is nowhere near the equipment that Larson has, even if we're talking about lower tier. Yeah. I mean, I I think we could all agree on that, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm not even saying he's gonna compete for it in the the Levine family gear, but if he can get some top tens in the Levine family gear this year. 
or they're not gear shit. I mean, that would that would show more to me looking at Larson, you know, in his second or third year winning four races. Well, let's give Bell a few years and maybe he pushes Eric Jones out of the sea after he starts, you know, achieving things there at Levine. Then he that's, could really compete for championships. That's true. And yeah. That's not far out. That I mean, that is a good point. That would be really cool to see Bell get like to, a couple top tens in Levine family racing. And look, I mean, you know, Matty D did it last year, and everyone was like, "Holy shit, dude! You finished second at Bristol for in, a, in the '95." Like everyone was amazed. And now we look at Matt De Benedetto and just you know second-rate Penske equipment, or maybe it is the equivalent. I'm not sure how that partnership works out, but. And he's constantly competing for top fives, top tens this year. That's true. He is doing really well. And if anybody wants to hear the full story about why that went down and why Matty D had to leave Levine Family Racing, um, go back and listen to my interview with Bob Levine, the owner of Levine Family Racing, and he explains it. But to sum it up, essentially, it's just it was sponsorship dollars. Uh, he really likes Matt. He didn't want to have to let him go. But – you know, money talks, and Matt DiBenedetto walks. Matt DiBurrito. <laughs> so does that pretty much sum up everything that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I mean, that pretty much encompasses all I want to talk about. Uh, I mean, maybe just shout out, you know, the Erska series, because that's a big deal for us, you know, in our fantasy uh, deal. Uh, obviously, everyone's seen it because they've, if you're listening to this podcast, you sure as hell follow Terrigating on social media and saw that horrible video where Rattlesnake had to call me out like an asshole. But I feel like I was pretty nice about calling you out, actually. Yeah, but calling me out for dropping down, like, you know, I was hoping to just like sneak by for this week. And no, Brandon, that and was like a friendly, I dropped. that was like friendly motivation. It was like, hey, come on, bud, like, get back to second. You're not going to pass me because that's just absurd. But, like, get back up to second behind me where you belong instead of Brandon. You want to know what's sad? I'm going to admit this to you on this podcast. I didn't even watch the video before I replied to the tweet. I just saw you posted the video, and I'm like, I'm going to assume it's bad. And he tagged me on in the tweet, so we're going to go in. All right, well, fuck you. It was actually, <laughs> a, it was actually a pretty tame call-out. It was it more was. of, like, more I was dissing Brandon. I called him the ugliest, like, worst driver and and Erska and all that stuff and I said I want you to beat Brandon but the question is what kind of man would I be if I jumped the gun like that and then just go and delete the tweet you know like I gotta nut up at that point and just keep going with it yeah I mean <laughs> okay I agree with that good content so, as well you know I thought those tweets were relatively hilarious well will you finally make a fucking video uh, if I finally get into fucking first, I'm not gonna make a video about being in third place. At this point, if anybody just passes me, well, technically they would be in first, but somebody's got to like make a comeback video to me because it's just getting embarrassing. I mean, at some point, I feel like we're just gonna have to make videos. Just, just basically what we already do in the Slack chat, just, just videos. Like, you know, even if it's just like 30 second clips, just real. No, you gotta tweet it. The people need to see this. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying like a 30 second video on Twitter, just tweet it and be like, yo, you know, this is what I got to say that today about fucking Chris or whoever you want to talk about. That I day. agree. Next day, you know, trash talk someone else or someone calls this guy. I'll just keep it rolling. You know what I'm saying? I agree 100%. I'll be well, at work and I'll do it. It's all involved. I'll you go to the bathroom and talk to each other on Twitter. I'll go to the bathroom and, you know, take a poop and record myself. I don't care. People can see that. Um, 
yeah so everybody obviously you already follow me at chair gaten or else i don't know why you're listening to my podcast maybe because you're stupid or at instagram i posted it there too but yeah we're always posting some pretty funny stuff some good content we're always talking about our fantasy racing league and erska and if you listen to the podcast you already know about erska uh trey if he ever decides to stop being so fucking lazy we'll make the videos and start posting them but until then he's just gonna be a lazy asshole um, It'll be up by Friday, and I am saying that right here, right now, because Mr. Johnny Thomas has already sent him over, so I plan on working on the video tomorrow and posting it, as well as hopefully another little project that I'm going to keep under wraps between me and Mr. Host of Chairgate in here for right now, but there will be a couple of things coming up, Erska-related, uh, from the Belly Up Racing team here. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so everybody follow me. Trey, should they follow you or just like not follow you? I mean, if it just depends. I mean, if they're following you and uh, they think you're an asshole, they should follow me because I'm generally going to shit on you every chance I get. Um, so hopefully they respect that hustle and give me a follow as well. But I would say otherwise, I'm not worth following. Okay. Well, are you going to tell them how to follow you? They don't even know your fucking handle. It is at T underscore Farley as F A R L E Y underscore three that's on the twitters and the instagrams I'm not really an instagram person i just kind of i don't know i don't want to say stalk but it's kind of you know creep about and just see what everyone else posts i'm not really active on instagram all right you heard it here first trey stalks people on instagram so go follow yes. his stalker instagram account that's gonna do it for this episode uh, once again i apologize to all my listeners that i had to have terrence on here uh, terrence parents don't have a real nice marriage all right. Thanks for coming on, Trey. Thank you. Later. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.